This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Logan, Punch and Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another tiny episode of Inspiration Point, baby! I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Yeah, we've been playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, that's why you said tiny. I was about to ask, but yes, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Super fun. The the next game we've been playing. Uh, I actually still played more Elden Ring today. (laughs) Oh, man. It's, uh, uh, Tiny Tina is fun. um very hectic. Um it's but, fun. But it's cool. Yeah. It's it's a blast. You got to you, you got to take your I ironically, you got to take your time going through it. It it rewards a lot of exploration. So if you just try to blaze from like literally one situation to the next, yes, it is chaotic. But if you I I've found that if you slow down and basically do the encounter, then explore the area, then go to the next encounter, it helps break up all the hecticness and kind of um, gives you this more kind of uh, it creates some more pacing and gives you a little more room to breathe. It's a lot of fun, though. Yeah, well, the first time I started playing it all, uh, it was with everybody. And there were, you know, it was like, go, 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 go. And so I was like, ah. So, yeah, I'm probably going to start another one and just play by myself in the quiet for a bit so I can kind of really taste it. Although it has been fun playing. We've been playing a little bit with um, some of our patrons. And uh, that's been a good time. You know, we didn't we didn't necessarily set out to just make a bunch of friends, but we kind of did, you know, and that's pretty great. Uh, I'm very happy about that. uh, It's part of the secret ingredient, right? You know? Well, definitely, definitely. Although I, can we keep talk calling it the secret ingredient because we always bring it up (laughs) and say what it is. I mean, you know, it's, uh, now it's, 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 it's less literal and just more branding. More I mean, branding, to be yeah, honest exactly. about it, right? Yeah, very true. Uh, very true. It's 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 all about the love and friendship is part of that. Well, I think and that Tiny Tina's is a is a wacky, silly game, which I get the sense is really the itch you've been having lately. A lot of yeah. the games and stuff that we've been involved with have been heavy. And I think that yeah. you've been looking for some levity. Um, I'm, I'm heavied out, man. Yeah. I'm very heavied out. Everything is heavy. Everything is heavy. And I mean, <clears throat> even even Elden Ring, which oh, which very I, heavy, very heavy. Like, oh my god, that's about as you know. I don't know if it's as heavy as you can get, but it's no. pretty. It's 
you know, some of it is maybe even a little tongue in cheek because of how over the top it is. But some of it um, is over the top. So there are a few things that are pure comedy that happen, but they are really kind of the exception to the rule, which is everything is very overdramatic. And yeah, like it almost has like a Shakespearean vibe. You know, yes, the, yes, the, the, like that stuff is used all the time. This sort of manner of speaking, which, by the way, I love. I love that oh, about yeah. it because I feel smarter listening. But at the same time, like, yeah, Tiny Tina's tonally almost couldn't be more different. So, you know, it's something to add to that variety. It know? is. It is. And, you know, I have to say, I, um, you know, I, I think. A lot of uh, what I've, you know, what you hear about Tiny Tina's is, you know, it's the Borderlands take on the all the classic tropes of a tabletop RPG. So the vast majority of it has this sort of tongue in cheek kind of uh humor about it where you know they're you know you can feel the game like nudging you with its elbow uh for a lot of it but i actually hit a moment this afternoon i i was playing just a little bit and it actually there was a small moment that touched a bit almost semi-seriously but in a funny way, uh, the it gave a good nod to the inter inter party conflict that you can have between players mm. and addressing like like why different people come to the table and what expectations people might have. And I didn't expect it. And it was it's nice to know there's a little depth there cool there is because my first impression was this is kind of shallow this is kind of um like am i supposed to like this am i being mocked right now like no you know so it's nice to know that there is a little bit of sincerity down the road you know i think uh your, your dramatic plays they still have comic relief your right. comedy still have moments, moments of great sadness, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, that's something that Shakespeare demonstrated uh, quite a lot and many other writers uh, that, that we see. I, in fact, you might attribute a lot of the MCU success to its use of uh, comedy within its dramatic storytelling. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, um, but anyway, you know, I, I, after having played what I what I did of uh, of the game so far, I I feel like it's the Borderlands crew's love letter to RPGs, where like they've been making these kind of games so long. This is what they do, but they also you can tell that they they really enjoy RPGs. Well, you got to imagine we do and the, wanted to get it out there. Yeah. You, and you got to think most game developers probably play D and D or have played it right at some right. point. Like it's, it's one of those soft skills that you're just going to be, you're probably going to have on hand in addition to all the other creative efforts. Right. Though they may not play but, it as often as I or Spike do. <laughs> sure. So, 
Um, so what have you been up to? Well, actually, I was very productive today. I uh, saw an old friend I haven't seen in many, many years and his family. And that was really cool to get caught up and have breakfast with them. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. Played with my cat some. Uh, the You know, I, Ooh, I got it. How's that? Oh, man. That cat, man. That cat. He's, he's got his uh, my heart and his little paws. Uh, you know, uh, he's just he's so great. Anyway, um, uh, let me see. Had uh, had a fun D&D game last night. Um, very excited about that. Uh, it was a really just fresh, positive thing. It was a good group. Um, other, nice. than, other than that today, just mainly kind of taking care of the house and the various things that are needed. And then I just did a little bit of prep for tonight. And that is pretty much how it's been for me. Cool. Very good. Not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? Um, Let's see. This past weekend, uh, I took my, I took my little guy down to uh, the game store. That's down in Tracy uh, nearby here where actually you and I went um, when you were here last Mm -hmm. and uh, picked up some, got a couple minis and picked up a few paints, got, uh, got my son, his, uh, I let him pick out a mini and we painted it together. What did he pick out? uh, He got a, he got a gray render. Oh yeah. Good choice. Yeah. It was a nice big, mini and you know Simple. you can't really mess him up you paint him all gray you know it's, right just he's got go uh, after it he doesn't have a lot of little details everywhere he's pretty much right. a big rhino man <laughs> yep <laughs> so, exactly so it's not too much uh my son he helped me to uh to paint him up and let's see um so he helped, I, I got to show him kind of the basics of, you know, how to handle a brush, what the different parts of the brush are called, um, and showed him, uh, how, how I prime minis using the, using the spray paint and let him help me, uh, base coat and do some wash on there. And, uh, and then I basically once, once he was kind of tapped out on his attention span i basically took it from there and yeah um added a few nice levels to it did some uh some shadows and highlights on there and um it was probably a nice break for you to be able to do something that's fairly straightforward yeah it was um and actually uh one of the big reasons we went down there to get some minis was because i finally got uh some inks which holy smokes like i remember last time i was down by you we were trying to paint some clear minis and we were trying to we were like youtubing around trying to figure out the best way to deal with these these minis now that come in the in clear plastic like elementals or you get these minis that have like a flaming sword or something right modeled spell effects and things um and when you paint with actual acrylic paint the pigment just builds up on there and 
you know, within a pass or two, it's not clear at all. It's right. you've covered it all up. Right. Well, the inks, on the other hand, we tried doing this using uh, contrast paints, which worked okay, but they still have the the actual pigments floating around in mm-hmm. it like a normal paint. Yeah, it looks messy. Well, the, right. Well, the inks, they basically just dye the the plastic while still maintaining that translucency that they have and holy smokes like i got a pack uh of the vallejo game ink uh inks off amazon for like 20 bucks Mm -hmm. and it came with it's eight inks you get purple blue green uh yellow red black green which is just one uh like a darker kind of green you get a skin uh sort of a a brownish skin tone ink and black so you definitely have enough to kind of mix and match and one thing that i found about the inks too is that they blend like a dream like you can even when you're just painting them straight on the model, they'll just fade right into each other beautifully. And you know, it had me sitting there going, "God, why did I wait so long to to pick these up?" Well, Cause, probably because your attention keeps being pulled for other tasks. I imagine <laughs> there is that. I I just I had considered getting them before, but. You know, I just I hesitated for some reason. I was like, eh, right. I don't know. Yeah. And now it's like it, it's oh, so nice when you have the right tool for the job. I think you, you know? and I are also still in that like we're we're uh well like early generation millennial, like on the cusp of of Gen X, you know, and so like right. we're like um a lot of us is still kind of in that analog world. And I find that I still will, my first inclination for most things is to go to a store. And if yeah. the store doesn't have it, I kind of go, oh, well, <laughs> uh, what can I use? That's right in front of right, me. Like, and I know academically, oh, going to Amazon is like just basically the best idea every time. But it's yeah. like. I still want to go out and I want to go to a place and I want to window shop and look around and see exactly the size of everything. And, you know, I want to pick it up from there. And so if they don't have things, I tend to forget about them. Also, I don't want to wait two days. (laughs) There is also that, you know, although it is kind of like a fun thing. If you forget about it and then it shows up, you're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that that is fun. It's got it's totally got this like like weird christmas vibe uh backing a kickstarter is like that too because they'll always get delayed or pushed out oh yeah like with kickstarter you can it can be like a year or longer since you back a project until you actually see anything from it so i've had multiple times where like i just the thing will have been well and truly forgotten and then i'll just get this 
big old freaking box in the mail. I'm like, what is this? The most reliable yes. Kickstarter I ever backed was AJ Pickett's. Um, oh, yeah. Because like I ordered it and then I got it. <laughs> nice. And that wow. was really nice. So, like everything else I've always had to like just wait forever and ever and ever. I mean, yeah. it, it was a simple thing, mind you. So it wasn't that bad. But like even he had delays and uh, it still was like, I don't know. It was definitely not that long to get them. And when I got them, everything was there as and did a, what it was advertised to do. You know, good job, AJ. Yeah. So solid, man. Th- thank you. Um, and they're gr- Oh, my God. They're, they're just incredible mats, too. And I just I love them. They look super I, cool. I can't stand to even look at my vinyl mats anymore. Like I'm all just, the the old chess X ones. Oh yeah, they're just. Uh, I mean, they're not bad. You know, you can still use them if you take care of them. But like, definitely the silicone is just so much better. Ooh. Um. Anyway, That's awesome. You know, before we go on, I I also just want to mention that I'm very aware of how. Sp- Spoiled, I probably sounded back there when I said I don't want to wait two days <laughs> for, for something. Oh, we're all a little and, spoiled, you know. Like I, I just want to give that a nod that at at this point it is kind of amazing that you know we can essentially order something from at least anywhere in the domestic. Uh, country we live in and and legitimately expected to be here in two days yeah that's actually amazing it's actually amazing it's freaking bonkers so um um, it's a it's a wonderful thing uh you know but if you order things from overseas uh, it gets pretty iffy Um, yeah especially well especially nowadays overseas shipping if you order from aj pickett you know um see (laughs) <laughs> Always an exception to the rule. Hey, yeah. you know, speaking of rules, have you ever heard of the rule of threes? <laughs> ah, ah, you, uh, like you know, last week we were talking about Star Wars, so I was thinking more of the rule of two. Um, but yeah, to, I have thought a lot about the number three lately. Mm, do tell. Uh, <laughs> do tell. So nice segue. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, Really, uh, humans at large think about the number three all the time. And, you know, I kind of wanted to think about that a little bit. And I think it's something we all basically are aware of. Um, I, I am. I have been aware for some time of the number three. Well, um, you, but it's a, it's significance, <laughs> obviously, you know, certainly starting with uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Right. And the three is a magic number. Um, uh, also, De La Soul uh-huh. is a magic number. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Yeah, it's um, it, it's great. So, you know, three comes up a lot. So I, I wanted to I, I originally wanted to talk about it as a rule for using in like preparation and stuff. And I'm still going to talk about that a little bit. But I thought I would open up t- talking about how often it does seem to come up in life and why it's so significant to us. And by no means is this like an academic paper where I'm going to get in 
real deep to like the human psychology regarding numbers, but there are some interesting theories out there and I'll share some of the ideas. Cool. Hit so, me with the ideas. So three has some degree of magical significance. There's a few different magical numbers that mm. exist and, the, and numerology is, you know, kind of like a, like a Zodiac in a way. It's sure. it, it, you know, there's, there's symbolism in numbers and they differ from culture to culture. Three is probably one of the more significant ones. Seven's another big one. Um, yeah. Nine, 12, which is kind of interesting because a lot of those have close relation to three. Um, you know, I mean, re- really anything that's uh, that can be considered a, the, anything that's a prime number, right? Well, I mean, even stuff like four is significant, you know, mm. uh, and certainly two. Four is a is a box or a quartet or, you know, whatever. But three is better. Uh, but mm. prime numbers do do have a lot to do with it. You, and I think you would see prime numbers come up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So three, first of all, triangle. Right. That part is obvious. We see triangles in lots of designs, both in terms of art as well as building and structure. Um, when it comes to architecture, a uh, triangle is actually uh, the strongest shape. If my uh, tech ed days in school, right. Uh, if I remember that correctly, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, pyramids don't really tip over. Right. <laughs> so I actually remember I, uh, one of our projects, uh, that we had to do, I think this was in middle school. We had to build a tower using paper straws that we cut and basically glued together. And mm-hmm. it, yep. it, uh, the, parameters or that the thing had to I think it couldn't be more than like a foot tall um and I I remember building this thing where looking down on it it was a triangle and then it was basically like uh you know framed almost like scaffolding um right that makes going sense only in triangles up the sides and I think my teacher, my teacher made a rig that had a basically a board on the bottom and there was a dowel rod at each of the corners of this thing. And he'd slide another board down on top and you'd basically sandwich the tower in the middle and then he'd start stacking textbooks on top of the board. And I think I think he got like 24 textbooks on my tower before he smashed the thing. It was (laughs) nuts. Right. And and it's always something simple. I think I did something similar, but it was like with either popsicle sticks or toothpicks or something like that. And we had to build bridges. Yep. And yeah, it was it was pretty clear right away that triangles were were significantly stronger than other shapes. It's it's super amazing. You always hear about kids doing the uh, the egg drop thing uh-huh. too, yep. Yep. where that's another uh, kind of experiment that uh, you and the folks at home can, uh, can can do can try out. So Definitely. other than triangles, um, we tend to view the world in three dimensions. Uh, length, width, That's and height, true. right? And we think of about things in three dimensions. We may be aware of 
other dimensions, time. you know, like time and, or, or, and, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fifth one is. I forget, but, um, I'm behind on my star Trek. No kidding. Um, I'm not the guy to ask <laughs> the, the simplest, uh, family structure is, um, you know, uh, father, mother, child, right. Sure. The beginning of a family typically starts with three, whether or not that family lasts, that's typically what goes into the creation. Right. But, um, then, uh, there are three you know, primary colors. Um, at, you know, you talked about painting earlier, obviously the right. three primary colors can create any number of colors from their combinations. That's very true. Yeah. Um, we experience, uh, three meals a day. Well, we should anyway. I tend to have more sometimes. Um, I was going to say, don't, don't, uh, don't say that to a hobbit. They'll, uh, they'll take, they'll take umbrage. They'll take umbrage, but even they could probably divide it. Cause I think they have like nine meals. Isn't it? I forget. I thought it was like 11. Like, uh, I don't know. Hobbits I don't know. Nuts. Um, but they, they know how to live life, man. Like, honestly, oh, we should all totally just do. pattern everything off of them because they're just right about everything. Leroy would definitely agree with their, uh, yeah. their, their, uh, they have the disdain peak lifestyle. for their disdain for footwear. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there are three, uh, main phases of the moon. Of course, there's more phases within them, but we talk about, uh, waxing, waning and full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, morning, noon and night, morning, noon and night. Yeah. Uh, stories of course have beginning middles and ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a three act structure. Even the hero's journey that we've talked about essentially has ordinary world, uh, strange new world return to ordinary world. Um, mm-hmm. So we find that certainly in religion, we see and in uh, uh, mythology, we see it come up over and over and over again. Of mm-hmm. course, in Christianity, you see, you know, father, son, Holy ghost, um, right. Jesus rises after three days, uh, three comes up three is in harvest uh we uh grain is uh planted and it's uh dormant then it is harvested right Mm. um let's see there's there's more here i made i did make a list i was trying to go uh without it uh oh um we think of ourselves as having three essentially stats right so hmm. we we think of ourselves as like body, mind, soul, right? And there are literally tri stat systems that people wrote yeah. that follow exactly that, right? It there's it, the body, then there's the mind, and then there's the the certain something. Yep. Right. Enomine was like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now whether or not, you know, like Okay, so if you believe in material science, then you probably think, well, technically there's only body, but whatever. That's not how humans like really interface with their everyday life, right? So right. that's that's sort of uh, neither here nor there. Um, but we also think of past, present, future, birth, life, death. I was just thinking of that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, we have three branches of our government, one of which is uh, a hot topic these days. Oh, God. Uh, when yeah. you watch the president give the State of the Union address, there is the president, there is the vice president, and the 
That's right, Andrew, oh the Speaker of the, the House the, of Representatives. I was going to guess that, too. Not guess that. I was going to state gonna that, that with assurance. Good. I was like... I, I believe you. It, when you asked me, I was like, it's the Speaker, right? Yeah. And then I immediately started like questioning myself because I don't watch the State of the Union because I hate politics so much. Uh-huh. Um, it, they're that, also that, wastes of time. Um, they're just terrible speeches. Um, oh, let's yeah. see. Um, uh, there are three Pokemon starters. <laughs> 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 Which is the most significant of all, of course. Uh, of course. There's Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And just like Rock, Paper, Scissors, another three, uh, each one has a counter for the other. See, if you asked me about those Pokemon, I could have told you <laughs> oh, straight I up. I have no doubt. Okay, but no problem. what are the three Johto uh, regions? Um, Man, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember them. I remember Cyndaquil, and there was two others, and I don't, I don't remember I can't. Um, so let's see. Um, oh, when you go to school, there's the three R's reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That there was, that was an educated person that came up with that. Well, what's, what's interesting is, uh, mo- even modernly, uh, you know, state testing laws and guidelines are revolve almost entirely around those three things science oh, yeah. and social science they take a back seat to to mathematics and english i mean it's basically uh well is is english is that's part of stem isn't it or is it uh see science I forget. Technology, technology i don't think it's english i think it's engineering engineering that's what it is i was like it's not a reading thing and m i guess would be what mathematics or mechanics it, it's gotta be math mathematics yeah I'm gonna, I'm, gonna look at I'm gonna look see, it up right now how do i not know know this off the bat as an educator okay Akron disappointed me acronym for stem see we science are, technology not- engineering and math yes um, I've ah. also seen steam used where they add art. Yes. Uh, um, which See, they should, like frankly, that. but the, the schools use the term STEM to say, these are the things that make money. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> very cynical, but also very, true. but also true. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the STEM. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, three, three really does. It kind of colors everything that we have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think about like the family that you've really interacted with. I mean, sometimes you get great grandparents, but that's usually pretty rare, actually. Um, Most of the time you're dealing with, you know, you, your parents, your grandparents. Right. Or Mm. at our age, we have our parents, our children. Right. Mm. So, you know, again, that kind of comes up. Uh, there are three lights that we stop our car, go or slow down or go faster as the case may be. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. I, it, it, you know, the list could literally go on forever. Long <laughs> story short, sink. let's say this humans like three and we tend to think in terms of three. That's that's very true. It's it's a small enough number 
where it it really is interesting. It's enough where it can start to it can start to show nuance mm-hmm. where where with with two it's still binary right it's yes or no where three lets you get into that maybe or you know those those um slightly it lets you get into things that are less binary um and it lets it's small enough at the same time where you can easily comprehend it. Um, I know yes. they, I I remember in school at some point, I think it was somewhere in high school. We did this exercise where you had to try to see, um, try to remember number sequences, like, like phone numbers and stuff like that and see how many numbers long you could get up to if somebody gives you a random string of numbers um how many of those can you reliably remember in sequence Mm -hmm. and it seems like there was um kind of a a hard line where you know it's it's more than three but at the same time there's this uh it, it still demonstrates that the human mind is um it handles things better in smaller quantities that, that we have mental limits as far as details and uh, recall go. And three is a really nice number for that. If you throw somebody three details about something, even with a game, when you're uh, if you're GMing and you describe a scene, if you throw more than, three three major details everything else is going to be forgotten correct you know correct yeah and that's exactly where i'm going with it right because Mm. again like yeah our our mental real estate is essentially built for some reason so that we can obtain three pieces of information at a time Mm. so this can prevent us from over and under planning if we allow three to be the magical number for GMs and also for players. Mm. So this is my this is my film theory, if you will. And certainly you can break all these rules. But, you know, if you're it, it, I think if someone is going, I don't really know where to start. I would say have three and then yep. they would say have three. What? Well, yes. <laughs> so to to break that down further. OK, let's start with with gms so the very first place to start is what is our basic plot structure okay what is the story that you're telling in the beginning the players are going to something in the middle they're going to be doing something and in the end therefore what right Mm. and if we can just get those little notes jotted down we can get started okay um then there's sort of creating our our world so number one what's our setting what does this place look like right Mm -hmm. um who lives here and uh what happened recently right there you go that that simple and we really shouldn't go too far beyond that right you know as we as we begin our march towards our the creation of our game because i think you know you you cannot plan 
we've said this many times, but you can't plan a D&D campaign or any campaign um, like you would uh, a Bethesda game. Right. Right. Because a Bethesda game is like every every nook and cranny is accounted for every plate and fork and knife you can pick up and throw around. Um, You can't do that in this kind of game. Um, Yeah. Yeah. At least can't plan that way. Some people are good enough at winging it where you can make it seem that way. But yeah, you're not going to actually have all that on paper. No way. Now, I think a lot of times we you might want to say, well, I want to have you know 10 different lands and I want to have 15 different. Listen, no, you don't. You're going to you're going it, to. It's a lose lose situation. And the reason is, is let's say you actually have the stamina to even go beyond this. The, the majority of everything you create is not even going to be interacted with, which is going to disappoint. Right. You. And your players are going to see all these things. They may even come from these different areas and then they're not going to explore them because there's too much to come from. Right. right. Um, furthermore, uh, you throw a bunch of details at players during a session and then they come back in a week and they don't remember everything. You're going to be, you know, heard about that. And, mm. But you really can't expect them to remember a, basically more than three, you know, main things that happened. Right. And so if you focus your attention, your mental real estate on what are the three main important things that happen this session? Now you can plan. Right. Uh, it, pick- also, it also kind of puts you in a sort of uh, quality over quantity sort of situation too. Where if you're sticking to three, it also allows you to to really focus down instead of, you know, if you're trying to do a dozen different things, you're unless you've got like a year to plan or whatever, you know, you'd wind up spreading yourself really thin. And even if you were able to sort of plan those things out they a lot of them wouldn't be as as deep or maybe as robust as you might like but if you're sticking to three you can really usually unless you're really strapped for time in which case i'd say maybe hold off on running um but uh if you are sticking to three you're generally able to devote enough time to each of those three things and really you know make them really make them click or get them just where you want them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so there is the quality over quantity thing, but it's also like you only have so much time you really can or want to devote to preparation. Right. Uh, players only really want to, um, they're only like really willing to learn a couple of things per session. Right. Mm. And that's not because players are bad or lazy or anything else, but they do have lives. They do have other things to do. And so most of them at any rate, most of them. And so like, you know, remembering every detail of everything you said is, you know, that's just not going to happen. And then don't be disappointed because it's not an insult. They just literally can't for the most part. And we just need to be sensitive of that, in, in my opinion. So, well, and and never mind, you know, that's that's also uh, thinking 
about people about your average person too. like like for myself you know sometimes i have like very real difficulty like focusing and paying very close attention and also taking notes and pinning all that stuff down so sometimes even three things can you know depending on what those three things are even retaining those can can be and pacing lot. them out is going to be important as well, right? Like, right. I don't want to go one, two, three, right? That would right. not be really the the way to do it. Because when I say the first thing and Andrew thinks it's cool, Andrew's going to think right. about the first thing and his brain's going to stay on the first thing for a while. That's exactly what Andrew does. And then, and then if I move on five more things, and then I say, Andrew, what do you think? He's going to be like, I'm still thinking about number one. Right. Yep. And so, but if I give him a few minutes to absorb number one, then I can say, well, here's number two. And then he can be like, oh, okay. That's a new thing. I was getting tired of the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Exactly. When, when do you do these things? Well, you know, it takes time to figure it out. I would say, find out how much time you have in your session, subtract the amount of essentially downtime that's probably going to occur, like shooting the breeze in the beginning, telling jokes, um, taking a water break, whatever. Right. Uh, um, wrap up at the end, a little bit of post game chatter, you know, okay. How much time do I have left? Okay. Let's, let's cut that into three pieces. And then let's say, go. here's what I'm going to do. The beginning of the session is going to be about this. And then we're going to take a break and then we're going to do this sec- second session. And if there's time, we'll do another break and then, and then we'll, we'll finish it and then we'll do post game. Right. And so that's the, that's the simplest way I can think of to both provide something that I think is robust enough to feel legitimate, but not over, um, overtaxing. Right. So it, it it's like the Holy hand grenade of Antioch, right? The, um, the the number of the counting shall be three, no more, no less. Five. <laughs> you know, you can't count to two <laughs> unless you then proceed with three and four is too many, right? Five, Five is, is right, right out. out. <laughs> 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 you know, it's but there there One, is like two. By the way, Five. that's you know, you and I are both parents. So how many times have you said I'm gonna count to three? You know, oh man, yeah. it's either three or 10, right? It's never like, I'm going to count to six, right? That's, that's just, just, what the hell are you even <laughs> saying? I Ugh, am going to count felt... to 17. And if you're not over here, <laughs> that felt gross. Even the kid would look at you and the like, kid's 17, just what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why 17? That, and he's not even fact, hearing the rest of your instructions because he's just stuck on why 17. That's so did we just stumble upon accidental genius? Uh, like if you no, want a kid, this is basic. It's, if you it, want a kid to knock something off and you tell him, look, Timmy, I'm going to count to 17 and you'll just stop him right in his tracks. Right. It's like when the dog whisperer just goes, you know, it just, it just snaps the dog out of whatever they're thinking of. And they're just confused for a moment. Like, why did the human do that? What was 17? I thinking about? I don't he remember. just starts bleeding from his nose and <laughs> ears at the same time. Like his brain just collapses. <laughs> he just he can't can't understand. 
um, 17. When planning your uh, campaign, so this is like in the beginning, maybe around session zero or even before it, um, what I would recommend, because this is a mistake I've made, is don't overload your game features. Uh-huh. So I would say have three distinct game features, which is not to say there's only three things that players can do, but there are three things we're going to focus on, right? Mm. So these could be things like crafting using honor or piety or sanity, um, how we give XP rewards, are we doing time jumps? Um, you know, how much is alignment really going to to factor in? The f- Is this going to be extra combat focused? Is this more focused on horror and tone? Are players mm. really going to need to take meticulous notes because there's going to be a lot of mystery or is that less important to getting a good build with good strategy? You know, um, is this going to be 60% RP? So then you need to think about more character things than fighting things. You, you know, know the- the, you need to pick basically three main features. My campaign is going to be about um, exploring the land, uh, killing big monsters, and then crafting them into gear, right? Like, that's the easiest pitch. Now, is there travel? Of course. Is there buying and selling? Probably. Is there XP rewards? Obviously. But the main pitch, the feature list you're giving is going to revolve mainly around three things because you might want to put 18 things in your game, but if you try to give them equal time, well, you're not going to accomplish that, frankly. Right. Uh, Sometimes Um, our players tell us what the three features are going to be, even though we thought it was going to be something else. And mm. then we have to focus on those. You know, this actually uh, made me realize that one of the things we neglected to mention when we were listing all the different things that come in threes, um, at at least the way uh, 5e pitched it, the three pillars, combat, role play and exploration. Oh, yeah, that's in my list. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like that's that's a big one. Yeah, those are those, you know, and usually you're supposed to get XP for all. Like if you're doing an XP system, then like a lot of people only do combat. And it's like you really should be rewarding for role playing. You should be rewarding for for travel and all that good stuff. Right. Like. Right. But I would say reward for the for your main three reasons. Right. You can change what your three pillars are if you want to. Right. But, you know, but just make sure there's not nine pillars. <laughs> right. Well, because at then least you're going to get overwhelmed in the case of D and D, you know, those three pillars are what the designers were focused on when they mm-hmm. were designing the system. Right. So, I totally understand know, that. The, yeah. I mean, just for for the listeners. Yeah. You know, when if you're using D and D, the system is built to cater to those three kinds of things. If, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, uh, if you're trying to focus your game on something else, it might prove a bit, maybe more, a a bit trickier to pull off or whatever. You know, those ones are D and D tends to lend itself very well to supporting those three things. 
Yes, of course. Um, then uh, let me see. So when I'm planning my campaign, I would probably give my campaign three main factions to think about. Uh, um, that's that's a really good one. Yeah, because that can create both a feeling of lots of choice of paths to go on while also very much limiting those choices to something that a GM can actually do. Right. right. So well, I think about like fallout four, right? Okay? The main three um, factions you could really invest in were uh, the railroad, the Institute and the brotherhood of steel. There was also right. the Minutemen, but you kind of had to do Minutemen at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so you you had to use all three of them and the Minutemen at different times. But the game was really kind of pushing you towards picking one of those three. And then yeah. um, most of them have a cutoff, right? You know, where if you you kind of reach a point of no return with one of right. them where once you do something, it the basically shuts you. the door. On, right. Exactly. Yeah. You can play both sides for a while, um, but then it falls apart. Um, it, it, eventually, you're right. They do need you need to pass a point of no return. So in D&D, of course, we can almost anything can happen. But like in that game, that was it was limited. Um if we have three main factions, then we can have at least three big bats. Um, mm. Now, maybe we fight all of them or maybe we don't. Maybe we only actually attack one or two of them because of the choice we made. Right. Mm. Um, let me see. Um, I like to have several possible big bads where either all of them can get hit or less. Yeah. Because, um, again, that provides that sort of limited but variety of of choice that is that is a nice compromise between player and gm um here's another simple three for your session to session three encounters Mm -hmm. um and i think i'm not the first person to say that certainly uh typically you you might have two minor encounters and then your uh your climatic encounter for the session Right. right. Where typically you have your, your boss of the day. Right. Yeah. Speaking there, of which, there are basically three tiers of enemies. We have goons, lieutenants, and the boss. Right. Right. So that's also an easy way to structure those encounters. I, speaking of encounters, I actually remember reading something. This, this was not my idea. I think, I think, um, uh, Sly Flourish may have put this up um, as part of his uh, lazy lazy DM articles, uh, but I may have read it somewhere else. I I don't quite recall. Um, if if any of you hear this and know where this came from, please let us know, and I'll uh, put it in the show notes. But I heard this thing that's essentially called like the third round rule and it's a great Mm. rule for keeping combat interesting where basically no matter what encounter you're doing have something happen on the third rounds 
So like the third, the sixth, if the it ninth. gets that far, the yeah. ninth, have something happen where it, yeah. where it changes the situation. Right. Something big comes in, idea. happens. So, yeah. Um, it's a, the first time I read it, it was this sort of like, wow, that's genius. I never, it, it's so simple, but when you hear it, it makes a ton of sense. Right. And it'll keep your, your encounter. Because we know fresh. how monotonous combat can get sometimes. Right. Yep. And, you know, for as much experience as I have, I still end up running monotonous encounters from time to time mm. and having something happen that really changes things is really really exciting um right you know have something unexpected happen sometimes i like to give bosses three phases right Mm -hmm. and those tend to be uh more interesting especially when players will absolutely just dunk a boss if they haven't had to expend a lot of resource yep and so giving him three uh forms is able to you know enables you to actually have them interact <laughs> right you know I, i'm doing my uh my campaign uh for the patrons and i've been throwing dragons at them and they are just absolutely suplexing them you know and so i have to find ways to to make it a little bit more challenging and interesting mm-hmm. um, um spike just posted something about the yeah. rule of threes in so our the, the rule of threes is codified into the D multiverse. It's something they talk about a lot in Planescape and was a recurring theme throughout Planescape adventures and novels. There was also a Cambion that served Grost named rule of three who wanted to unite uh, Botezu, Tanari and Yugoloths. So uh, for all, for all you layman's out there, that's devils, demons and demons. And demons. demons. I don't like Yugoloths. I never use them. <laughs> Freaking gross. Um, but I would say that, like, if I'm running a campaign and I'm thinking of, okay, well, who are my enemies? I'm probably going to think of, again, who are those three main factions? I'm going to have probably dragons, devils, and like humans, right? Mm. At least, you know, every now and then we're going to to maybe throw something else in there. Like, and here's a young T, but even that is kind of like people bandits, goblins, cultists. Yes. That's a great way of doing it. Right. So, um, the tropiest of villains, but yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, basically we play D and D in three tiers as well. Um, there's level one to level five. There's level six to level 10. And then there's 10 to about 14 or 15. And then the game ends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So or, and there's five more levels. Nobody knows about them or, or, uh, <laughs> or one's patience ends. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. Like we just get bored and we want to move on to the next thing. Right. And that's not a slide on the game or the GM. It's just, we're all thinking at like about that next build. Right. Right. Or next characterization or whatever it is that you're interested in. Right. That's that's absolutely true. Definitely. Um, okay. Um, oh, I thought of another three things. You 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 beat Elden Ring three times. <laughs> <laughs> Working on number four. Um, yeah, so there's so many ways to like build your character and like 
you can make little choices and stuff. Like it's good. Um, okay. Uh, three encounters. So, um, maybe give away three things that the players get. This could, this doesn't have to be a magic item necessarily. Maybe one of them is maybe all three are, but there should be three significant things that players gain. Mm. Um, so maybe it's a clue, a map and a sword, right? Something like that. Um, you know, not including like, oh, and you got, you know, 20 gold and a ruby. The ruby doesn't mean anything. It's just a ruby, right? You know, like we can, we can say, yeah, 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 yeah. You got all that stuff. But what are the three memorable things the players got? Let's say that was, that was actually interesting that those three items that, that you threw out there aligned with those three pillars. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I heard it. I was like, Hey, interesting. Yeah. Oh no. Good. Good catch. Good catch. I didn't even think about that. Um, let's see, uh, three memorable moments. I know you're a big memorable moment, Mm, mm, mm. you know, have three ready to go. And now, Sometimes we can't always plan the moment. Sometimes it just comes. I think the best ones are ones you don't plan, if you ask me. Oh, for sure. But it is good to have them on hand because a lot of us have anxiety when we go into running a game. Uh, yeah. But then, but, you know, it's this weird thing where we don't want to have so much anxiety that we under plan, but then we don't want to burn out from over plan. Right. So, again, that's why this like number three, I think, is is very helpful. Mm. Um maybe three interesting things happen per session. Here are the three things I want them to remember. Um, NPC attributes. We had an episode where we talked about like a whole bunch. We could mm. boil that down to here are the three things you need to know about Groff the Smith. Right. Okay. It, Cause that's much easier to keep in mind. It also allows us to literally give Groff three dimensions. Now, maybe these dimensions aren't, terribly deep but we at least have three things we can remember about groff Mm -hmm. and that allows us to help make him a little bit more distinct even if it's a bit cartoonish hey depending on how much you're gonna see the guy i mean you know if if this is at least when it comes to npcs if this is a person that that the PCs are going to be regularly having extended interactions with and stuff. That's one thing. Then, then flesh them all, flesh them all the way out. But even the then, we're not doing would. that right away. We're doing that over time. Right, right. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So we're, I'm not, I, I didn't set out to make Jenny as important as she was. Right. right that's true. It, it just, it just happened. And so then she just started gaining things. Right. But, you know, so start, start with three and just we start with three if you need to. Yeah. And we can add things or we can just build on those three and we can just go, well, why? Why? Number one. Why? Number two. Why? Number three. What led to that? Mm. Right. So that could be really interesting to just give them three rabbit holes <laughs> that we can go down. That's true. Um, Let's see. Um. I like to see at least three different types of monsters in a session. Um, I think it's good not to just say, okay, you're going to fight 50 skeletons. You know, we want to see at least three different types of enemies that we're going to deal with. Oh, like 
like different types of skeletons. A skeleton, yeah, it could a skeleton be or A, B, and C. You know, but if you have an encounter, it's like, okay, there's an ogre, two skeletons, and two goblins. That's much more interesting than, you know, seven goblins or whatever. Well, I mean, um, that, that, that also, though, is very kind of uh, setting dependent. I mean, if you're I mean, dealing it could be like, with goblins. Yeah, sure. I mean, then, they could be you know. goblin archer, goblin sapper, goblin uh, right. actual character. Right. Um, so basically three enemy types that we can yeah. that we can strategize around and deal with. Right. Right. Um, OK, uh, let me see. Oh, uh, the DMG. It goes over three types of NPCs to add into our games. Um, oh, Player's Handbook Monster Manual DMG. There's another three. Yeah, that is true. Uh, also, <laughs> Tasha Xanathar's Monsters of the Multiverse. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. So, uh, the three NPCs it really focuses on are patron, ally, and villain. So they have three NPC types. So patron being who am I doing stuff for and what are they giving me? And then like the ally could be like the shopkeeper or the follower or the NPC healer guy, my loot carrier. Um, And then the villain, of course, being an enemy we can fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or at least oppose in some way. Right. And then this is where I got into those three tiers of play. Um, Ah, Cool. So in exploration, I would also file things like, um, like maybe puzzle or traps or whatever, you know, it's all part of the exploration experience. Mm. Um, Okay. Using three is a rule for players now. So I want to switch gears a little bit, unless there's anything about being a GM where you think three could be good advice. By no means is this um, comprehensive. No, I I think I think we've hit a lot of things. Um, although I would I do wonder because I know we're already over an hour. Would this would this make for a good? No, no, part I don't want to do that. Okay, no, I think we can we can just go a little faster here, and and we're gonna retread a little bit. Okay, um, of ground here. So first of all, the the. You know, at least in D&D, it presents us with race class background. If you Mm. if you ask uh, somebody like what what character are you playing? They typically say I'm a race class and then something. Right. So they Mm. might say background. They might also just say subclass instead. But you almost never hear four or five things. Right. Unless they just start droning on about everything and then you get bored. Or if they're a vampire, the masquerade player. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, That also focuses on three main areas, right? The, the physical, the, the, the mental and the sort of personality. Definitely. Um, And then it breaks those into threes each where you put your stats, but then you put five dots and everything. So it breaks it. (laughs) Oh man. See, vampire. Uh, okay. Um, there are basically three types of strategic characters we can make. And we need to make sure that we're hitting one of them pretty good, uh, which is damage tank support. 
Mm. Now, you might be like, what about disabler? It's support, probably. Okay, maybe it's a little bit of damage, a little bit of support. But stunning that guy is just as good as healing somebody else. Okay, mm. so it essentially you might even just call it utility. Yeah, um, you know, that would be fine. Even the guy that's just like, well, I focused on skills. It's like, OK, you're basically support slash utility. Mm-hmm. You know, that's totally fine. You're either absorbing damage, handing out damage or changing the parameters of damage. <laughs> Offense, defense, miscellaneous, miscellaneous. Yeah. So if your class doesn't excel at any of those things, you're probably not, you know, turning heads during your game. And so you sometimes it can be fun to be a, like a gish character. But even then, like I'm not saying multi-classing is bad. I'm just saying, what is what is your what is your ultimate contribution to to combat? Because you know, players are going to be irritated if you don't um, contribute significantly to combat. That that actually uh, presents another um, interesting thing that just popped into my head. If you look at those three things, or rather, I suppose, listen to us mention those three things, and you feel like your character doesn't fit into any of those. It they probably may, do. <laughs> it may right. It may be worthwhile to go take another look at your character class, or or if you're not, maybe you're playing a classless system. Um, but look at how your character is built, and think about whether or not you're actually playing it. I guess, quote unquote, well, I don't want to say correctly, but effectively, if you're really doing what the thing was designed to do, um, those those three things, you know, whether you're putting out damage, whether you're mitigating damage or whether you're handling uh, a utility aspect, you know, if you're not doing any of those things, what are you doing? Or did you think you were doing those things, but maybe you're not doing them near as well as you uh, thought you you might have been? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So um, let's see. Three things you want people to essentially know about your character. Remember, not everyone is going to memorize everything about you. But Mm -hmm. what are the three things you ultimately want people to learn about you you might be like i want everyone to think of my character as tough i want them to know that i want revenge on my father's killer and i want them to know that um when i get hungry i transform Mm -hmm. right something like that you know we want to keep it fairly simple even in uh the player's handbook uh, for dnd it says you know to have a a a bond of a flaw and a um um ideal right Mm -hmm. and then there's also personality traits but then i would say well you should also probably have three main personality traits uh to help round you out i think the phb actually only recommends two but all the same yeah but but they're wrong okay because that should be three (laughs) well that and they only provide you a list of like what 10 12 things 
I think it's six for the other three, but I think it's more for oh, personality types. Yeah. If I remember properly, um, it's not very much. And, and by no means do they expect you to only use the things on the list, but like, okay. So I started another game last night. Uh, well, I didn't start it. The GM started it and I started playing. Right. And so the three main things that people, uh, knew about my character other than like race class was that he was, kind he was naive about the surface world and he liked to eat right and those were you know i really had more i could have said about him i could have gone into backstory stuff i could have you know sat there and talked about my build a lot but you know i don't expect anyone to remember more than a couple of things at a time those other things can be revealed later right so very cool speaking of which you want to think about the three things in your first impression. What do I want everyone to, to learn about me? Session one. Um, what are three things I can learn about them on top of Ooh, that? Right. That's a good one. Like during my character notes, if I'm writing a section about characters, you know, like, okay, this is Vess. She's an elf. She is kind of sassy. She highly values intelligence. Mm. Okay. Um, let's see. I already said three personality traits Um, have like when you're considering your build as a player, think about three things your character can do in combat that are interesting. Hmm. Um, I think this is part of the reason why I like spellcasters so much is because you can get them to do so many things, but like, what are, what are your sort of bread and butter items? Okay, because of course you're like your battle master might have several maneuvers, but what are the three things he's generally going to do? What are the three situations you're preparing for? Rem- remember, fighters, that you can use bows, <laughs> and if you use bows, you don't have to only use bows. You can actually ah, there use it is. use both weapons. Okay, you can use lots of weapons. You can use things you pick up. Situations call for different things. That's um, true. you know, what is my general strategy going in? What can my character contribute to the three tiers of play when exploring my character does what when role playing my character does what in combat? My character does what? Okay. Mm. It's a great way to start planning your concept and to carry out that concept in a focused way while filling out the, the minutia. Uh, furthermore, you should probably focus on three main attributes to really, um, or ability scores, I should say. Now, of, of course, a, a lot of people would probably take issue with that. They'd say, well, you really only need two or, oh, no, I like to have a, a big spread or, hey, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and all of those arguments have merit. But my offering here is if you think about three, you're probably going to do pretty good and you're That's probably true. going to have a nice roundness of strengths and weaknesses that will help you be interesting and effective in the right places and ineffective in a way that can make us like you. Right? That's true. Give yourself like, some vulnerabilities, give yourself some vulnerabilities. Now, if you're a um, monk druid or ranger, your, your choice is easy. You focus on wisdom decks and con 
And then you basically don't need to worry about anything the rest of the game because you have the three best ability scores. Um, but if you're doing something else, you have to think a little bit more about that. Some of them kind of write themselves like Paladin basically needs to be um, strength, charisma or dex charisma if you want to. But strength is probably better. Um, yeah. And then, then basically con is necessary. So right. ma- many of these write themselves. For things like like rogue, you can probably get away with like just decks, <laughs> but like you know, have a couple of more things that you can you can really use to express your character. Right. So uh, the last thing on my list here is taking notes, and I'm a total hypocrite here because I am very bad at taking notes. I was. But just I would say this whole time, I I I need to get someone on who has a very easy but effective note-taking effective strategy because I'm terrible, terrible at it. Yeah, I, I could use that too. That would be a, a wonderful thing. Um, I know someone that I play with that takes very, very meticulous notes, but I think it might be more than we want to do. And so I'd be interested to see if they have um, kind of a shorthand version well, that they would like to share. I, I, that's one thing I struggle with is like, I, I always feel like I can take notes. I can often recognize what things are important, but it takes me so long to write it down that I feel like if I ask people to wait so I can finish writing, I just get, I stall everything and it doesn't, that doesn't help anyone. You know, one thing I do for my students, but it's because they're my students. So it, I, I don't know if every group would appreciate this, but mm-hmm. I would actually pause to have them take certain notes on things. Um, again, I could kind of do that because I'm literally their teacher. I, th- but I think in, I think people, in the, it might be hard. I think in uh, that might be a good session zero thing to talk about and say, hey, yeah, you know, absolutely. This might be information heavy. Would you guys appreciate it if I, you know, took if I gave you guys, you know, kind of regular uh, like note breaks every hour? You know, we're going to take a 10 minute break. It's for notes and for getting drinks and using the bathroom. Right. You know, something like that. That would be often enough to get them to kind of talk about and review what they know so far. You know, that's I don't not, know. It's one. That's not a bad thing idea. to try. Yeah, it's one thing to try. Uh, certainly, if they're doing like a mystery, yes, type of situation, that could be very especially useful. Let's say. Um. So I wrote three categories for notes here that I I'll probably try. Uh. But I would probably recommend dividing the three most important things to you. Um. In order to help focus your notes, right. Mm. So in, in literal note taking that I, I make my students do in class, there's typically the main body of notes, things they're supposed to just copy. And then there is the sort of bullet point section where they do a quick, like this, this part is about this, right? Mm. Like little topics. And then there's usually at the bottom of the page, a summary. This page says this, uh, right? Interesting. That way they not only write the things down, but then they think about it. Right. And then we hope that actually this is something I grade is that they go through and they highlight and uh, add cartoons or whatever that they kind of dress it 
after the fact. And that, I don't know, that could be a useful thing if, if players find that they struggle with notes like I do. Hmm. Maybe I should just take my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> so the three things I, I have here are what happened? What did I think about it? Like my character, what did my character think about it? Uh, and what did I gain slash lose? Right. So maybe there's like literally a loot section where you're talking about the things you got, but they amount also be clues that you received or I use three of my health potions. They're gone now. Um, mm. One thing is, especially in online play, sometimes stuff I do get some um, lost. So I don't yep. remember how many hit points I had or how many spell slots I used. Yeah. And so doing a quick write up of that, like at the end of a session is probably not the worst idea. Mm. So that's pretty much it. Uh, that's all I have here. Um, again, here is our, our the three is the magic number. It's just a good way for us to retain and use information. It doesn't mean only three things can exist. It's just a way to make what we're using manageable. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that you find that useful and interesting. I did. I thought it was very interesting. And I, I think a lot of other people will too. It's three is a nice way to, to make things approachable. Like, like if you told someone, Hey, it's just three things that, that seems it's, it seems manageable. It sounds doable. It sounds approachable. Where if you told, you know, if you told Timmy, hey, go do 17 things, he goes, yeah, geez, we 17 things. That sounds like a lot where three, it sounds like you said, manageable, doable. And uh, I like that. Any anything that makes what we're doing sound more approachable and kind of easier to wrap our brains around just makes it easier to participate. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, with this episode, I should have limited my list to three per section um, Uh, and made them a little bit more general. So that way I wouldn't lose Andrew uh, at the end. (laughs) You know, you didn't lose me. I'm just thinking about all the interesting stuff I learned. Also, uh, for those who don't know, Leroy is a uh, a uh, firefighter, and he just posted some pictures in the Discord of him driving to a fire. And holy Moses, that's a lot of smoke. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you're okay, man. Uh, Leroy, the American hero. Dude, super duper, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, everybody, I, uh, I second adam's uh hopes for this episode and that you guys found all this useful i definitely did um and i think it's definitely um you know gonna be one of those episodes where it might even be worth going back and you know you're not gonna think about this when you're listening through the first time because you won't have gotten to this part of the show but uh (laughs) you know maybe maybe go back and take some notes you know or even even right now bust out a little piece of paper and you know ask yourself what happened in this episode 
What did I think about this episode? <laughs> what did I gain slash lose in this episode? I lost I gained, an hour of time. I, I gained a lot of information. <laughs> I lost my mind. Um, <laughs> so uh, please don't be uh, uh, smart and go and give us three star reviews in honor of this episode. Please oh. give us five. The magic number is actually five. Everybody. How's That's this one. for your rule of three? <laughs> no. <laughs> hoisted by our own petard indeed oh man well anyway y'all uh keep it easy keep it breezy keep it threezy and until next time <laughs> stay keep it sleazy <laughs> oh, no. bye <laughs> bye bye everybody and goodbye <laughs>